Welcome back to the Post Facto Podcast, <laughs> the uh, the podcast where we pet our cat. Yeah, <laughs> you you caught you started right as I was, <laughs> I was saying hello to my cat. So if you hear a, a quiet little hey dude, uh, you, you know what that's all about. Uh, I thought that was for me. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely for Matches. <laughs> The unofficial mascot of the Post Facto podcast. I'm gonna take a picture of him, man. He he is adorable, and he's sitting right right behind me. Um, so today we are going to be discussing our favorite games of the year, and then some more not necessarily dubious honors, but I guess more uh, honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, let's say honorable mentions, qualified honors. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start. You know what? I, I I feel like I'm very predictable. So let's let's start with with you, Stephen. What were your top three like favorite games this year? I want to be like really avant garde and like name some like you know really surprising games. Uh, uh-huh. But unfortunately, I, f- I feel similarly similarly to you because my favorite game. Uh, I thought a lot about this actually, especially last night. I just finished uh, Final Fantasy 15 last night. Uh huh. And uh, for all intents and purposes, Final Fantasy XV should have been my game of the year. Uh-oh. It really should have been. Um, I think, after thinking about it long and hard, though, I think Overwatch, probably my favorite game this year. And why would you say that, Steven? Well, I, I probably spent the most time playing Overwatch, and I guess that's the first good indication of, like, a great game is, like, I mean, does is it actually entertain you? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So, yeah, I played a lot of Overwatch this year. And I think overall, like, I was just really impressed with how polished that game felt. And especially because Blizzard has, like, literally no experience in that genre, really. Yeah, I think that played to... I think that was that was an advantage that they had was that... Oh, yeah. You know, they since they didn't have experience in the genre, they just were able to approach it from a completely different, um, like, framework than pretty much any other arena-based shooter would or sorry like role what do you call those where you have jobs or roles a class-based class-based shoot there we go class-based shooter yeah so i mean and i think that the influences there were obvious like um i know you didn't play a lot of team fortress 2 but i think that the thing is though is that like no one could really feel upset about those obvious comparisons because overwatch just like either did it better or reinvented those concepts um and I don't know that that game is just a lot of fun. I still play it. You know, I, I haven't I haven't played it for a few months, but I've been like kind of feeling the hankering a little bit because it's uh, it, it was it's the only online shooter besides Halo that I've enjoyed, and the strangest part about it was just how much I enjoyed um, being like doing the support roles. That was really my preferred role. Yeah. Support is a lot of fun in Overwatch. And, you know, I, I played a little bit of the console version when they had, like, a free weekend mm-hmm. uh, previously. Um, so, like, I downloaded it on PS4 and played it. And it's a pretty dramatically different experience playing it with a controller. I think, like, now that you have a computer, maybe you, I might, be su- you might be surprised with, like, how much more fun it is on a PC. Or I could just hook up my PS4 controller and play on a computer with a PS4 controller. And then because I'm a noob. And then uh, hopefully a meteor will fall on your house. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what were what were some of the others of um, your top three? Um, so I mentioned Final Fantasy 15, and I still think that makes the cut. Yeah. It's probably not my number two. I'll get to number two in a second, but it's probably number three. Okay, and um, uh, we haven't actually had the chance to talk about like how Final Fantasy because you finished it. Yeah, I finished it last night, and uh, to be honest, it like I said before, uh, its story really isn't its strong suit. Yeah. Um, and I do think that like the story does suffer from a lot of like pacing issues, and especially like the the last third of the game just feels really rushed, and in a lot of the sequences, kind of just feels like work. Like you kind of know it's wrapping up and it's ending, and you're just kind of like going through corridors to reach the end. Um, so, and that's something that I think we talked about in a previous episode was that there was just news that the game starts off as more of an open world game and then becomes uh, more linear towards the yeah. end. And so you're saying that those parts of the game were, were, uh, were shit. Well, I think it's, I think <laughs> that is the most egregious thing is, is that it has this huge, beautiful open world and the game has such a wonderful sense of scale, but it doesn't really play to those strengths. Mm-hmm. Uh, about you know two thirds through the game, you kind of get like shoved into story sequences, and 
you're going through corridors and like you lose all that open world uh gameplay and they even like prompt you like before you enter like a sequence where like hey you're not gonna be able to come back here and do all these fun things for a while are you sure you want to go it's like mass effect (laughs) right yeah so each time when i would get that prompt i always felt like reluctant i was like ah crap like now i mean you can there's there's end game though right or uh, post game stuff so like you can you can kind of go back in time by talking to a dog And, like, you basically go back to a previous time period. The time-traveling dog. It's, man, it's a weird game. It takes a lot of I mean, that's, that's Squaresoft. But, but, or, sorry, Square Enix. As, although it fails with a lot of those risks, the risks that do pay off make that game, uh, it's in my top three this year because, like, the game really does just delight and surprise you um, many times throughout, you know, I'm, its 25-hour story. I'm really excited to play it because, uh, which, you know, um, I'm really disappointed that you didn't bring it today, Steven. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think... It's uh, coming. Yeah, it's coming. Because I, I have two weeks off right now. Um, I have 17 yeah. straight days yeah. with no work. I, beat, I is... beat the game in, I beat the game in about 25 hours. Um, but I didn't really mess around with a lot of side quests. I'm not like a big completionist, so yeah. I, I like mess with some side quests. Usually the way I approach RPGs like that with lots of side quests is like when I start, I'm like side quests. Oh, look at all these cool side quests. And I start yeah. doing that stuff. And then as I get further in the game, my desire to do side quests reduces very heavily. And then I just kind of... Like, that was that was kind of my experience with line. this. Because... I, I, I think I hit a point where I didn't really understand, like, aside from getting, like, experience points, like, what the point of doing side quests were. Yeah, were they, like, were the side quests, because that's a thing that, and not to always bring RPG stuff back to Witcher 3, but I think that's something that The Witcher 3 excelled in, um, that, you know, and a lot of other RPGs haven't is making those side quests feel really significant and and crucial and and imbue them with like the greater arc of the story exactly and even when they weren't just having something you know something very interesting about the world that's revealed through the side quest yeah um it kind of makes me think back also to like mass effect side quests which you know there were a lot of optional quests with each of the characters in mass effect and you really wanted to seek out those side quests yeah like because you wanted to find out more about garris's background or jack's background or something yeah um those were always you were always rewarded not necessarily with just experience points um but with like valuable story information yeah and i'm getting the vibe from you that that's not the case in final fantasy 15 well final fantasy 15 is doing this really interesting thing where like you know one of the first destinations you go to after you start the game is like this tropical resort and you know there's you know lots of like free time when you're driving around in the car and like this game kind of plays with this mood of like leisure and relaxation a lot they want to like capture those boring i tried to explain this before Mm -hmm. like uh, and i couldn't articulate it very well uh but like just try to capture like the beauty in those like boring sedentary moments so um but that does come with some problems right like some of these like side quests like they are very like neighborly like hey can you go bring me this or can you deliver this um but it does feel very detached from like what seems to be like a world-threatening issue that's happening right now you know like oh whoa like like the world is going to shit and you're trying to go get me like to fetch you a bass right now like guys donald trump is president (laughs) (laughs) right yeah, it, it's it's it was a weird time for that game to come out because like you know there is this big looming threat and everyone just seems kind of like you <laughs> this know, big casual. orange sun like meteor thing. This that's, big Cheeto. This big Cheeto. That's a particular. Yeah, it's like Final Fantasy VII where there's a meteor, but it's a Cheeto. Yeah. Um, more or less. Yeah. Put some. Let's put a couple bucks in the Trump jar. <laughs> Save up for a tropical vacation <laughs> or a visa. Um, um <laughs> so yeah so final fantasy 15, um, i probably would say that my second favorite game of the year is dark souls 3 and nice that's, that's of no surprise I, 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 sh- I struggled with including that yeah and so i we're going to have three completely distinct games good. of the year from each other that's good, great good. but uh dark souls 3 g- give me give me the scoop well it's it's i don't think it was my favorite dark souls game um but it's a Dark Souls game, and it came out this year. 
and that's why it's on my list because i really 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 like dark souls yeah and and i mean you could argue like oh the game design was more linear you know uh you could like you know uh try to proliferate your like cult fanaticism for the original dark souls whatever but i don't know i just something about the like really gothic night aesthetic i fucking love it yeah it's it's a it is an absolutely beautiful game. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the more beautiful games I played this year. It's yeah. in the you know in the top top couple. Um, you know, Dark Souls Three is the first game, the first Dark Souls game that I finished. I tried, I tried going back to Dark Souls. One, you witnessed that. One does not finish the original Dark Souls. Yeah, no one. I don't think that game will ever be finished. I, I learned recently that, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but you can only roll in four directions or whatever in the first Dark Souls. But you know, newer ones you can roll in oh, any yeah. direction. That that's probably fucking me up. Um, <laughs> also, because I'm a failure. Yeah. But Dark it's, a, it's a tough 3. game. Well, Dark Souls Three was a tough game. Also, but it was, I feel like it was more, um, its progression was more on the standard, like, game where, where instead of it, you know, you're getting to ridiculously difficult high points and then, like, kind of, like, easy peasy low points, it's, it's just a crescendo the whole way through. Yeah. It's not like Dark Souls 1 or 2 where you could just straight up go the wrong way and we're in the hard way. Yeah. You know? And, and and I I honestly Dark Souls three when I finished it I went back and and started again immediately. Mm-hmm. So 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 your explanation for that is it's Dark Souls and it came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I I really just I've always loved Dark Souls PvP as well. Um, I think like even going back to the days of like Bushido Blade when I played that game on PlayStation, like I've always just been a I've just been a fan of like sword sword fighting. I, I played the Bushido Blade demo a lot. I mm-hmm. never played the game. It always seemed like such a cool game. Oh, man. It was like my favorite 1v1 fighter, I guess you would call it. Yeah, it's just, it seemed like it was completely, like, because I'm not huge on fighting games. So it's like, I can get into this. Yeah, Katana's, man. Have you ever played, uh, before before we move on, have you ever played Nidhogg? Mm-mm. Oh, man. Nidhogg is like a, um, as like an Atari-esque like art style as far as the graphics are concerned it's a 1v1 like um sword fighting game in 2d and basically your goal is um to like you start in the middle of this of the level and you're trying to get to the the end of the level but the other person is stopping you basically so you've got it so you're kind of having this like tug of war where you know you kill the other person and so you're able to run and run and run then they regen and then they like kind of try to kill you Ah. again and so on and so forth i think i've i haven't played it but i know exactly what you're talking about it's it is so much fun it's fantastic it can games can go on for fucking ever because like you're just having this tug of war yeah the comebacks are amazing (laughs) and it's it has such a simple set of mechanics Mm-hmm. But it's not like your typical fighting game, you know, it's, you either, you can either, you know, have the sword in a lower, upper, middle position, and then you just, like, can uh, jab with the sword, yeah. or you can just throw the sword, but then you have to, you don't have a sword anymore, and you have to pick it up. Right. Um, and the, the visuals are, like, really, like, low-key, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I, I do know the game you're it's, talking about. It's, it's really f- fantastic game that I... Uh, that that i would destroy you in it sounds like a game i would play in like my high school graphic design class mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like the type of game it sounds like it's funny because these um my final exam or my midterm exam for my kids they down the computers mm. um so i can it's so i don't have to bring a bunch of papers home to grade i'm just going to grade these essays on my computer via google um and you know I'll, there were some of them finished early i gave them like the whole three hours that they had with me to just, I said, start at the beginning. If you need all the time, you need it. If you don't, you don't like, you know, turn in when you're done. And so, but you know, do something that's not going to distract other people. And they, they figured out how to like download Minecraft and like <laughs> download Halo and Quake. And I caught a kid playing Doom. I was like, like the original Doom. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? How do you like, how did you get past all the firewalls? I'm apparently an idiot. Um, and that's yeah. what I remember using like proxy out. servers and stuff. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Maybe that's it. They're they're I don't know. They're much better at this than I am. 
So, uh, so like, a lot of games came out this year, and I'm sure that we both have, like, honorable mentions, but mm-hmm. before I get to mine, I want to ask you what your top three games are. Okay. So, I like I say, I feel like it's going to end up being pretty predictable um, for the most part. But I, after some deliberation, um, I, I think that still my top game this year would be Inside. Um, it was... It was just such a like creative game, and I I didn't. It was such a surprise to me all the time. Like every new little mechanic that they um, inserted in the game, every new kind of puzzle, like every you know new way of manipulating the environment, and yeah. and then the ending, just everything was really surprising in a positive way. And like every new mechanic that they. It did the thing that, like, Mario games do so well, that, like, there'll be, like, a level that introduces a mechanic that you could base an entire game off of, and they just, like, do it a couple times and throw it away. The game, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I feel like the game was so fantastic because it, they never once had to give you, like, controls. They never once had to tell, yeah. they never once had to explain anything in text. Yeah, and yeah. also just everything kind of, um just all united into one beautiful thing. Um, You know, he had the unity of effect situation going on that I taught once to 11th graders when we were reading, like, you know, Thoreau and Emerson and shit. Yeah. Um, That, like, everything served in that game to one common, like, artistic goal, including, you know, sometimes you see, like, the graphics serve this one artistic goal, but then the gameplay is this other thing entirely and everything just integrated so well together and it was such like a i don't know it's just always constantly surprising me and i was just sitting in front of my tv and go wow and and also it's a puzzle platformer and i love that genre too yeah. so it really just like checked all the boxes for me um and and i think it's not only the best game that came out this year for me but also i think one of my favorite games i've ever played and watching cool. other people play it is always interesting and I, it's funny because I watched my buddy Santi play it um, after watching you play it and realized that you're fucking terrible at those kinds of games. Because I was like, maybe I'm just like really in tune with this or maybe I'm just misremembering how much time I spent on things. But man, he was blowing right through stuff like uh-huh. and figuring it out. Like I saw a stop process and like you were yeah. just like hammering your head against the wall sometimes. That Those are games I don't play because they just hurt my self-esteem. <laughs> they just make me feel dumb. Yeah. Um, but you know that's that's one of them. It's it's funny because I still haven't gone back and played Limbo, which is like the oddest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I should play Limbo um, because I heard it's fantastic. Also, although it's probably not as good as Inside. Um, I don't know. Any any more to say about Inside? Are we um, ready for the next ones? Maybe I could say one thing is that uh, it seems. This is a weird comparison, but it seems like a game like Inside and a game like Final Fantasy XV are at two completely ends of a spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. Inside, you said everything serves that artistic goal, right? Yeah. But Inside is like a finite experience, right? It only lasts like a few hours. Yeah, it's like a three hour. And then you have game. like open world games like, I don't know, like Skyrim or something where it's like you have like free control, but there's like no structure. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I don't like games like that. Yeah. So like I, I maybe like one... I mean, this is the end of the year, right? We got to gather our impressions of these games and maybe like form an, a, a conviction out of this. But like, do you think that games moving forward, will they benefit by being shorter or by being longer? Well, I think that and more it, ambitious? It, I like the fact that there are a lot of shorter games now. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm in some of, you know, if I look down the list of games that I played this year, I played a lot of short games. A lot of great short games yeah. this year, like, like Firewatch and yeah. Virginia. Um, even they, I mean, this doesn't really count, but console edition of gone home i really enjoyed playing this year yeah and and um uh, i even some games that were like still like well under the 10 hour mark like like the ratchet and clank remake was really good Mm -hmm. um and um like gears of war 4 was actually probably a little longer than the 10 hour mark um but i i like those shorter games fury was another one that was really interesting like it was just like a series of boss fights basically Mm -hmm. um from like a like isometric or like top down kind of perspective um but i i really like want to see more of those kinds of games especially games like inside they're only like three four hours or games are even like two or three hours long because one it it 
it lets developers, I feel like, be more creative with mechanics and not have them be like get a little long in the tooth. Um, and then also for me and my my schedule, um, it's it's <laughs> yeah. nice to be able to just like play a game in a sitting or two um, and and be able to have more of a breadth of experience with a lot of different kinds of like artists, you know, making interesting things. Um, and also, I think it lowers the bar of entry for for developers like developers. You know, those big open world games are fucking expensive to make. Yeah. And and so you're not going to see those games be as risky or as creative as as a, you know, two hour long game that apparently, well, inside they spent like a million years on. But, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but those open world games need to get better, though. And they are getting better. Uh, you know, I think Witcher 3 last year was a good example of that. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy 15 seems to be a good example of kind of trying to figure out how to make those games. It seems like it seemed like Final Fantasy 15 is like kind of creating a bridge between the old fa- Final Fantasy and then like a new vision of what Final Fantasy should be. And that's and that's excellent. They yeah. should do that. Right. Um. So and that the other game and it's funny because I just finished it this week was I, I would say. The Last Guardian is would be in the top wow. three, and maybe maybe that'll change um, over That's time. That's a surprise. Well, I I you know with all the qualifications um, that I gave last week, um, they they just don't matter really at the end of the day. Like I think that they did something new that's gonna like I said last week quietly influence games in the future. Uh, the way that the they approached the AI of Trico and the animations, everything just like made Trico really believable. And the ways I interacted with Trico were colored by that fact. And like yeah. you know, in the same way that uh, you know your interactions with um, Yorda and and Argo are in a way because they feel very real. But Trico feels real and also kind of intelligent. Um, so they take the things, you know, Team Eco takes the things that they did with those previous games where you could, you know, you would grab, there's a button to grab Yorda's hand in Eco. And so you had that, like, interaction that kind of helped create the bond. Mm-hmm. And then with Argo just, you know, calling him and, I don't know, there's not much more, but kind of how Argo had his own mind as far as being a horse. Yeah. Um, and, and didn't always listen exactly to what you wanted him to do. Um, Trico, you know, you can, there's a, there's a button to pet Trico and, (laughs) and oftentimes when Trico wasn't listening to exactly what I wanted to do or was kind of being slow, I was like, okay, I need to be patient. I need to just give him the command, wait, maybe pet him a little bit. And, and it really, um, if it, if, if Trico just seemed like a game object, I would have been like, go here, go here, go here, you know? Um, but cause Eco seemed, or Trico seemed like a real creature i you know felt a a connection and and b i felt the need to just treat trico like a real creature which i think is a huge yeah innovation in games that's pretty powerful yeah and then just uh the way it ended and all that just so many emotions yeah it really you're not the only person i've heard say the ending was fantastic it, it is it's absolutely fantastic and it's not what i expected but that's what made it great like just and i don't want to say what happened in the ending yet um because i you you need to play it yeah and you know there's probably still people that didn't just rush through the game that you know among the 15 people that listen to us that uh <laughs> that that are still playing it we'll, we'll but, ruin someone's day <laughs> yeah but um just uh yeah but just uh there were moments where in the ending where I felt just so bummed out and then moments where I felt so exhilarated and then both of them at the same time. And Mm -hmm. just, it was, it was really artfully done. And all of that happens because of the connection that you're able to build with Trico. Um, because they made such convincing AI. And so I think that overshadows the fact that, the controls aren't great that the camera is fucking awful um yeah. and that um the the puzzles are all are mostly all the same you know i think that 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 really 
the fact that they manage that, and that's something I've never seen another game really do before, um, as so effectively, um, made it one of the best games of the year. And I think, like I said, it's going to be influential for a long time. So, yeah. but you know, my opinion might change in a couple weeks because I'm fresh off of it. I finished it on uh, Sunday last week. Who knows? You might play Final Fantasy, and it might bump it off the list yeah well there's there are games i haven't played this year dishonored 2 i haven't played either and yeah. i've heard really really good things about that too i didn't play battlefield 1 yeah battlefield 1 was another game i heard great things about mm-hmm. too um so this is this the number three will probably be surprising um i would say my third favorite game this year after much deliberation um is is forza horizon 3 Okay. I, I really, really love Forza Horizon Three. That's like that's your your closet passion. Yeah. Well, I'm not Forza. super into cars or anything, but yeah. I think it takes that like burnout paradise formula mm-hmm. and just like there's there's so much shit to do in that game. It's insane. I've been playing that game now for about like 20 hours, and I looked at my stats, and it's like you've done 13 percent of the events. <laughs> I was like, what? and you can like people can make events you make your own events there's other like you know people online that are driving around you can i don't know and the racing itself is just they they strike the right balance between realism and arcadiness like the cars all feel different and drive differently and like front wheel drive cars drive differently than you know rear view or rear wheel drive cars yeah four wheel drive cars and you know, you race differently on the dirt than you do on the the, the road, and all the the you know realistic physics stuff is in there. But also, like the cars, you know, you can you can kind of slide around a turn and stuff. You're not going to ruin your day. Yeah, um, I feel like Forza has been able to do what Gran Gran Turismo never was able to do, which is you know reach out to those demographics of people who like don't give a shit about cars. Yeah, and make them give a shit about cars. Yeah, and they they really they really really sell it. You know, mm. I have I have a bunch of really pretty weird beautiful cars, and I paint. They're all painted black. Yeah, it seems um. it's <laughs> it seems like every new Forza game they come out with is like a, just another master class in the genre. Yeah, and I never played anything from the Horizon series, mm-hmm. and it's just uh, I you know the way it approaches the open world is excellent. I think Australia is a great setting because yeah. it allows you to be in a couple different kinds of areas that all flow nicely together. Don't they have like a snowy expansion? That's yeah, cool. apparently, and uh, I I you know I haven't unlocked all the areas in this game yet. Um, there's still one more that mm-hmm. I have to unlock, um, but also then just like the moments of ridiculous glee that the game allows um you know there's there's events there's like one where you where i was racing four speed boats (laughs) like just you know going on the road next to them and in the water with them with my off-road vehicle and all that stuff it was super cool and a lot of fun it just seems like this the game is like the the premise of the game is that you know you're part of the celebration of cars um, you know, it's taking place in, in Australia and you're like building up this festival and gaining fans and all that stuff. And, um, and you know, it really feels like that. It feels like a celebration of cars and also has all these like cool little touches. Like you can, you know, you can, your license plate, you can put, you know, I put keeks on mine. Like you can put whatever it, it has a huge list of names that you can choose from and so mm. when they talk to you in the game they'll use your name if there's if it's on there so francisco's on there wow and so it always catches me off guard when they say oh francisco um, it seems crazy that they would feel it important to have that in a racing game but not in like an rpg nowadays yeah but mm. it's it shows off like or it demonstrates all the little touches that they put in there yeah my i think my favorite thing is that there's a bunch of different radio stations and one of them is a like like public radio classic station mm-hmm. and the dj on there is fucking hilarious he's like so uh it seems that there are um fast cars driving outside and um i i do not understand um it's just like this like bemused but also like mildly angry um tone that that 
the DJ has, and then uh-huh. you just have like classical music playing <laughs> while you're like driving, you know, across the the outback yeah. of Australia in a you know ridiculously fast car. Um, you've disturbed him in his trousers. Yeah, exactly. His, his, <laughs> you've ruffled his petticoat. And it's it's I don't know. It's such a fun, complete wonderful game there are things that i don't have to dive into if i don't want to and still really have an excellent time mm-hmm. and it really just like allows me to play the way that i want but also has like structure and progression and way it's interesting and so it's just it's the game that i turn on when i'm you know when i when i've got nothing else to play or i'm not like you know or i just want to relax yeah a little bit yeah so i mean there there have been a, a lot of games that came out this year. 2016 was a fantastic year for video games. Yeah. Um, that'll be like the asterisk point for the year 2016. Yeah. Great, <laughs> great for... <laughs> terrible for everything except for video games and music. There was a lot of good music this Social year. Social studies teachers in like the year 2050, they'll have to like talk about the horrible events of 2016. But then the they'll like, be Prince died. <laughs> they'll be a nice little asterisk at the bottom. Yeah. Like really great games came out. Because there's so many games that we haven't even mentioned that were really fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I, th- I think we'll do we'll talk about those after the break. Yep. That's 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 the plan. There's still a lot more to talk about games this year. Some games that we haven't really mentioned on the podcast, too, um, since we started in, what, July, June? Yeah. Isn't this, like, our 20th episode? It is episode 20. Dang, we're, we're committed. Yeah. We banged them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite things about um, sports commentary is how, uh, like, like it's full of double entendres. Yeah. Like, in, in like, basketball, they're just, like... One time there's an announcer just like, there's just like big men just banging each other in this game. And oh, I was yeah. like, it was like back when Dwight Howard played for the Magic. <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, so let's, let's broadly call this, this category of the, uh, post-facto awards, <laughs> the, the wild card, which for me, what the wild card means is, you know, a game that is just kind of like, Something that you really loved or enjoyed, but you have a hard time recommending to other people, mm-hmm. or something that really surprised you that was kind of just out of nowhere for you. Yeah. And for for me, that game was um, was Virginia, and it's the I think it's the former that I would need to. It's it's a qualified recommendation mm. um, because the one friend that I recommended it to and played it said it was the worst game he's ever played. Yeah, and you know, I played the demo after you recommended it to me. And I I also didn't really like how on rails it was. So it's a, it's an artsy fartsy thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I well, I just had I just had like a qualm with like spending money on something that it's not actually a game. It's kind of just like a, an immersive experience. Well, I mean, when you spend 10 bucks seeing a movie, yeah, but it wasn't as good as a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you see, I first of all, I enjoyed it for all of its weird I didn't, quirkiness. I didn't play it on like a like a sixty foot <laughs> screen. <laughs> oh man, I, I I thought that I thought that there were just a lot of things that were really interesting about it, and I, I was I felt very engaged by it. the f- the first being the art style. I thought was was fantastic. Yeah. Um. I think they were able to convey a lot of emotion with with very simple graphics. Yeah. And with very simple facial animations too, which is kind of you know we're moving towards like these you know if you look at a Naughty Dog game the 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 facial animation is out of this world. Yeah, you know, or it's in this world because it just looks like like <laughs> it's a it's, real person. Yeah, it is very um, much in the world. But um, you know, this had very very simple like it's like what you have seen in Ocarina of Time, the like facial animations. You know, just like very basic. But it, it similarly to Ocarina of Time really conveyed a lot of emotion because of the context. Yeah. Um, 
it was silent or not silent, but it, there was no dialogue. And that was really interesting. And I thought, and, and the way that they were able to still convey the story and it also, you know, you had to really pay attention. And then also I think that what you didn't like about it, the, you know, fact that it was very on rails, I thought that was something that made it very interesting was that it, you know, the game was the, the people who made the game were able to have more of like a directorial voice in it. They were able to like, put your gaze somewhere, um, whereas most video games aren't able to do that. And so they were able to control the pacing more and tell the story more on their own terms. Yeah. And so I think it's one of those games that they'll, you know, people will look at the way that they approached um, storytelling and and maybe, you know, it'll influence something that's maybe a little more easily accessible or yeah. not, not quite as, there's a little bit of jank to it as well yeah like i'm 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 pretty much like jesting but i i like i agree with you that because it was on rails you know that you're able to like give more attention to other things that you wouldn't have control of otherwise um i for me i just i don't know i feel like i'd rather i'd rather take the the negatives that come with having full control Mm -hmm. you know than the positives that come from relinquishing it i think that they're different things they are yeah I, I it's think, a matter of like taste like what do you yeah well like, it's a matter of just like where you're playing at the time yeah you know um and uh i think that's my only real like qualified recommendation mm-hmm. um I, I think that's I, i'm gonna stop my wild card there uh i'll i'll uh, i'll talk about a couple other games a- after the fact but uh what what's your wild card steven so I, I played a lot of games this year that i really liked um uh one honorable mention is like stardew valley really loved that game and i was never really into harvest moon before but i think if we're gonna talk about a wild card i would say that my wild card is salt and sanctuary because i i I played salt and sanctuary because i really really didn't think that i was gonna like that game as much as i did um for it being like a total dark souls and like knockoff but the thing is is that it was so much like dark souls and that's why it was great I couldn't get past the second boss because I'm trash at 2D. Action the game games. was legitimately difficult. And it was insanely difficult. Yeah, that's something that I'm I'm really happy. If you're gonna make a Dark Souls inspired game, I'm really happy that you know uh, didn't get lost in translation. Yeah, and I think that that game is if you're a Dark Souls fan, I still think it's a qualified recommendation because the, the the 2D like 2d movement is very different from 3d movement mm-hmm. and it does require i feel like a different set of skills so you know also the art style didn't really i wasn't super into it i liked it yeah i didn't have any problems with it um i felt like the the highlight of that was really how good the 2d combat was because that's like a big thing like if you're going from a 3d dark souls game to a 2d side-scrolling dark souls-esque game like the combat has to be there. And what what about the combat really like I just felt like all of the weapons and like uh the animations were just really satisfying. It felt really good to like hack through <laughs> enemies in that game. Um and you know, I kind of liked like it didn't try to it I feel like it didn't try to copy off of Dark Souls in a surreptitious way. It was very like overt with like what it took from dark souls and they just like would change like the name of it like salt and sanctuary right you don't yeah. collect souls you collect salt yeah right like it they was it was blatant <laughs> yeah they weren't trying to hide anything like, yeah yeah this is inspired but it was it felt like it was an ode to dark souls more than them trying to profit off of you know exploiting what works in dark souls and and, and speaking of exploitation that that leads me to the next category of game i i I've come up with for myself. I don't know about you. Okay. Which is the the guilty pleasure. <laughs> okay. And and I have two games that I feel like fall under this category, but one is more qualified than the other. Okay. Um, um, Doom is certainly, and and the reason that I bring up Doom first is because of the you know talking about exploitation. Um, and how it's upfront about it, how how Salt and Sanctuary is upfront about it. Yeah, I think that Doom is upfront about the fact that it's a guilty pleasure game. It yeah. is not in any means trying to be serious. And I just have such fond memories of playing that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it so much, and it's just so far outside of like what I normally enjoy in games as far as like the aesthetic. 
Yeah, but it was it was just pure fun through and through. And I think it's because they, you know, there was no pretension of seriousness in the game. Yeah. And if there was, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I just that like are you familiar with that like uh Kermit the Frog dark side meme? Yes. That's what I'm visualizing right now <laughs> for, for you. And you decide to play Doom. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it was I think it was also just like a fantastically designed like really like it was different from a lot of first-person shooters that we see now, yeah. um, and different from the Doom series in some key ways. I, you know, I think that there was a lot of emphasis, a surprising amount of emphasis on exploration, which was not what I expected. Yeah, platforming too. Yeah, like I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go in this game, and it's going to be like a linear shooter. I mean, I know the original Doom, you, like, found keys and stuff, you know, and so there was some more exploration, and that's what this Doom did. It said, you know, you got to find some keys, and yeah. and there's a bunch of secret areas and and fun little secrets to find, like original Doom levels and stuff like that, yeah. that I didn't even think about looking for when I started the game because it was not what I expected out of the game. And then also, the when you're talking about the platforming, there was a lot of verticality to the game that I yeah. didn't expect either, like, you know moving around the arenas that you're fighting in and jumping on top of things and kind of constantly staying in motion was really, really important. So many of these like really hyper-masculine shooters nowadays, they try to immerse you into like what actual like combat would feel like. Yeah. Whereas Doom is like, it's a game. Yeah. It knows it's a game. It tries to be a game, you know? Yeah. And you know, you're playing a hyper-masculine dumbass game. Yeah. They've just embraced that and I enjoyed right. that. Which, which brings me to a second guilty pleasure, which is Gears of War 4, <laughs> which did have a pretension of seriousness, and that's why I feel guilty about it. But it's such a well-designed, really fun game that, that had a lot of variety, and that's mechanics were solid, and level design was solid, that, mm -hmm. that I just kind of gleefully ignored yeah all the bullshit yeah it seemed i didn't play that game but it seemed like they did gears of war they didn't take risks and but they just did it well and it was polished yeah and i guess it, it's a second one not made by epic mm -hmm. um the last one was made by the one the people that made bullet storm mm -hmm. and so it was like um it was judgment gears of war judgment yeah and that one was like reactive like um based on how you're playing it was like kind of scale up and down like the kinds of enemies and things that would show up yeah. um kind of like i guess resident evil 4 did secretly but this one was i guess it's kind of like what they're doing with halo they have kind of a new in-house developer that's taking care of the gears of war series just like you know microsoft has an in-house developer that's taking care of halo yeah and similarly to how halo 5 was just kind of like the most polished solid version of a halo campaign it's like hey we just want to prove that we can do it yeah like the way you like it and mm -hmm. then we'll take our risks yeah and gears of war 4 i feel like did, did that yeah. really well so what's what's your guilty pleasure um or, or do you never feel guilty <laughs> i always feel guilty I, got, I grew up catholic um, <laughs> um yeah i guess if i had to pick a guilty pleasure i feel guilty about playing nba 2k 17 <laughs> as much as because like i'm I'm so not like the jock type, yeah. But I just find that game—it's just so, so good. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> good. And I think that anyone who's totally not interested in sports, nor are they interested in sports video games, when they like find out that you play a sports video game, it's like a fucking wave of judgment. Right? Yeah, like like you know, hardcore gamers are like, yeah. Oh, you're one of those people that buys nba every year and yeah. now i'm like fuck yeah i am i buy it the day it comes out because yeah. i don't care i get a bag of doritos and mountain dew <laughs> code red and i fucking <laughs> play madden when it comes out yeah that yeah so i feel like that guy um every time i you know yeah pop it in the playstation but it's just so damn fun um yeah and it's my sixth year in a row that i bought nba 2k mm -hmm. yeah it's uh its gameplay is addictive. It's it's super competitive online. I really like playing it online. Yeah. Um, I, I was, like, weird with, like, the whole substitutions before. But now I pretty much just keep my substitutions on, like, an auto-rotation. So did they not fix that issue? No, but you, you uh, to be honest with you, I'm surprised with how well the auto-rotations work. And yeah, like they're pretty, how, like... 
I get to like not really have to worry about it so much. Yeah. As, like I feel like last last years I always had to be like hovering over my subs, making sure I was yeah. like, on top of that. Well, also they would do, and I remember this from last year's version is the coaches would always do like substitutions, like the auto rotations, mm-hmm. always like at the in the last like thirty seconds of a quarter, like. Yeah. They would call timeout and do not a substitution, which is not normal like in yeah. the first quarter or really in the second quarter. That like hasn't been ha- that hasn't normal. been happening with me yeah. in this one. Yeah, it hasn't either with with me. Um but yeah, I, I agree. I love the two K games. Um they end up being the games that I play the most over the course of the year. I just never thought to feel guilty about it yeah. anymore. Um I guess I guess I have one final question to ask you. Yeah uh, before we wrap this up, but are there any games in 2017 that you're looking forward to? Um, I think that uh, clearly Zelda. Oh, yeah. And just the whole, you know, Nintendo Switch platform. Um, and um, I'm going to bury you with a Nintendo system one day. Yeah. I'll show um, it to your funeral. I'll be like, open the casket. Yeah. I'm getting <laughs> cremated, man. Um, but um, I am looking forward to Resident Evil 7. To, yeah. you know, make myself feel like shit. <laughs> and what else is coming out next year? I haven't even really thought ahead. I'm really uh, anticipating Mass Effect. Oh, shit! <laughs> that's coming, like, sooner than... Like, that's in, like, what, January or February? Uh, March, probably. March? Yeah. Still! Sorry. Whew! <laughs> yeah, um, Resident, then... Resident Evil's in January, I yeah. think. Yeah. But um, but Mass Effect is yeah that's gonna ruin my life. If it's bad, I'm gonna cry. It's it'll ruin my life one way or another. Right? Yeah, it's either it's too good or it's too bad. So um um, biggest disappointment of the year, No Man's Sky. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, done done. Um, no explanation needed. Um, yeah. I also pair Mario Color Splash. That game sucked. Um, yeah. Um, damn, did I play anything else that I thought really sucked? What are, what are, yeah, did you play any, any shit games besides No Man's uh, Sky? And... Star Wars Battlefront. Didn't like that game. Really? That Didn't... came out last year. Oh, really? Yeah. I hated it so much, my hatred carried over this year. Speaking of that, though, what are some games that came out this year that you didn't get to play that you that you really want to play? Uh, like I said, uh, Battlefield 1. Yeah. I'd love to play that. Um, I don't have an Xbox, so I never got to play Gears. Uh Forza. Forza. Are there any other games on Xbox? Uh, <laughs> uh, Halo, but that was last year. Yeah. Um, I haven't played Pokemon. Haven't yeah. played the new Pokemon. I think I'm going to wait for oh, the good. Switch. You Switch did... is coming out next year. Yeah. Did you Did you play... Um. Did you play... Have you ever played the Ratchet and Clank series? Oh, yes. And did I didn't you... I didn't play this one. Highly recommended. It's. I mean, it's a remake of the original, but it's all the stuff that you'll you love about Ratchet and Clank. It's the yeah. same. Cool. Um, and that series is amazing. A game, a game that I really want to play, it came out recently, but I just, like, you know, there's just too much good shit coming out. I really want to play Dishonored 2, because I really, really enjoyed the original. Um, and I thought yeah. I thought it was, like, the original was kind of, like, in some ways incomplete. Um, and I, I'm really hoping that this is, like, the fully realized... You know, it's like the Assassin's Creed 2 to the Assassin's Creed 1. Yeah. You know, where the first Assassin's Creed was, like, really cool concept... And the execution was kind of middling. Yeah. And, you know, Dishonored had, you know, I feel like the the artwork and stuff was fantastic, but, like, there just could have been more variety to it. And um, I, I hope that Dishonored 2 does that. Um, and I otherwise... And Final Fantasy fifteen, of course, I want to play. Yeah. And you need to play Last Guardian so that you yes. can cry um, <laughs> like, like I did. Um I didn't cry. <laughs> I was gonna ask, did you? It's okay if you know. cried, Keeks. Maybe a little bit. Nothing wrong with crying. Um, you know, honorable mention, by the way, because mm-hmm. I just have to get it in there. Day Sex, Mankind Divided. Yeah. Really killer game. Um. Uh, Planet Coaster. Yeah, I need to play that. That game's super cool. God, why are there so many games? There were a lot of games this year. Yeah, and you still need to play Uncharted 4. Yeah. Which was also a fantastic game. That's And that's just the quality of games this year is that that's really, like... They're flying by. Yeah. I can barely grab them all. 
Yeah, we could just keep naming games. You mm-hmm. play Firewatch? I didn't. But you, you you see? That's right up that's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, no, Firewatch is I, I that's not the same kind of qualified because it's it's like a you know, straightforward kind of narrative game, but not as straightforward as Virginia. Yeah. Highly recommend that. And before we just continue naming <laughs> off games forever, um, because we both play a decent amount of them this year. Um, do you play The Witness? No, but no. Perfect Ten. If you want to get you really, Perfect Ten. If you want to get really upset with yourself and your intelligence, <laughs> play The Witness. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll keep that in mind. And um, all I have to talk about that came out this week is Super Mario Run. And oh yeah, it was it's good, and you should play it. And that's about all I have to say about that. Go get an iPhone so you can play it. Yeah, go spend $600,000. <laughs> or have an Android and just wait patiently like me. Yeah, I think it's one of the worst endings of an episode <laughs> that we've had so far. Well, I okay, so I, I would just like to end, I guess, this year uh, with a couple thank yous. The first uh, first and foremost, I just want to thank you, Keeks. Uh, I, I don't want to thank you. Sure <laughs> you. No, I want to I thank you for carrying this podcast as well as you do um, and being always insightful on the on a moment's notice. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing this this year, and uh, it's been really nice to uh, share my opinions with you, um, as misguided as a lot of them are. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, and I also want to thank uh, the people who do tune in and listen to us. Um, sometimes I forget that, you know, some people do listen to this and find enjoyment out of this. And, uh, for, if you're one of those people, um, you know, a huge reason why I do this is for you. And, and I, uh, I'd like to, um, mirror those exact same comments, except that Steven is morally bankrupt because he returned (laughs) No Man's Sky. But otherwise, Stephen, you're you're an excellent podcast partner. I will forever be in uh, a shadow until I receive the light of your forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I'm forever in a shadow but for my friends because I bought some of these poster frames at Hobby uh-huh. Lobby. So um, <laughs> okay. I'm, a, I'm, you know, if I ever have a future political career, yeah. um, I shouldn't say that on the record. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, Don't yeah, tell them I've, that you ate at Chick-fil-A either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But um, in all seriousness, um, it, it's we actually did twenty episodes. We made it. Yeah, and we're we gonna stuck come to back. something. And we did it. Yeah, and we're gonna come back next year. Um, but we're gonna enjoy our holidays and um, hang out with familias. And yes, um, I'm gonna play Final Fantasy 15 if Steven is a good enough person to bring it over to me. And um, I'll be faster than Amazon Prime. Yeah, and we'll have something to talk about at the beginning of next year. Yeah. Other than that, I look forward to seeing you, Keeks, and anyone listening. I'll see you guys next year. Yep. And uh, have a happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) That's our outro music.